Welcome to the Bay Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. You can find out more about us on our website at thebaychurch.co.uk. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Do you know what ordained means? Some of the Bibles say he set us apart. He marked us with his love. Ordained, you know, we often, we often think about it in terms of a, of a priest, somebody who's been ordained. Well, actually, a priest is someone who, who has been invested with the authority to act as a priest. Do you remember that priest is someone who, who, who stands in the gap between God and his people and he goes, I'm here so that they would be connected. I will do everything to, for them to know that they get to be one with Jesus. And Jesus looks and chooses you and he says, I ordain you today. I ordain you and invest in you today with the authority to act as a priest. Do you think that there's a world out there that might need to know <laughs> that there's a God who loves them and he's ordained you to go and to show them his love? Ha. <sighs> For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this is his unfolding plan, bringing him great pleasure. You see, it's bringing him great pleasure that you today know that you're adopted into his family. That you're not just adopted as another kid. You're adopted as co-heirs with Jesus. As his, he looks and sees you as he sees Jesus with all the same authority, with all the same passion and love. He goes, I want you to be mine. That's who our daddy is. (laughs) So since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Do you know what? I'm so grateful that right now he's releasing wisdom and practical understanding to us (laughs) because I would love to demonstrate his power and his grace to the world right now that is lost. Through our union, sorry, I've just jumped to verse 11 if you're following me. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, (laughs) before you spoke a word, (laughs) come on, he gave us our destiny. Do you think that people are trying to figure out what on earth they're they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to live in such an uncertain time? Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. 
that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. How does he do that? It says, now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He has given to us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride. It says the first installment of what's coming. See, this is just the first installment. (laughs) He gives you his Holy Spirit as that seal, as that promise, as everything that you need, the power of God working in your life. It's the first installment. (laughs) It's that promise that says there's a hope and there's a future. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we all have, have, no, let me read it. We have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. Do you know what? I feel like if we just took one verse in Ephesians every day or every week even, there would be enough for our minds to be blown. I know you've all heard this passage before, but I just feel like there's something of, of Paul when he's describing who his daddy is that he wants you to go, can I, can I just tell you this is who he is? Isn't it funny when we, when we say things like he sees us, it'll be interesting when I ask Ronnie later on, it'll be interesting to know, often when we, when we have that sense of the Lord sees me, the first thing that we think is, oh, what does he see? <laughs> I was about to have the Bethel intercessors staying with us and even just the Bethel intercessors, I was th- thinking, what are they going to see in my house? <laughs> but actually... Um, It's, our, it's often our first response to go, he probably sees this that I'm not doing well, this that where I've not actually quite managed to do it. You know, I'm really trying with that, but still failing. I'm not a great mom. I've shouted at my kids this morning on the way to church. I bet you he sees that. Well, I was reminded as I was preparing this of the story of or of the beautiful song that is found in the Song of Songs. And, and as I was reading it through, because my prayer today is that as we release the truth of who our daddy is, that our hearts would be awakened to his love, awakened more to his love. So I'm looking at Song of Songs, and, and I'm reading at the beginning, and, it, and the, the first line is, is, smother me in kisses, your spirit kiss divine. Awaken me with the breath of, of, of life as you kiss me to life. There's a cry in the Shulamite woman's heart that goes, awaken me to love. And I looked in one of the first verses, um, verse five, she, she says, I know I'm so unworthy, so in need. And yet the shepherd king goes, yet you're so lovely. And then she goes, but I feel so dark and dry as the desert tents of the wandering nomads. You see, her understanding of who she was in that moment, she's like, ah, I'm so unworthy, I'm so dry. Is there anybody here that is feeling they're so dry? They need awakening to love. 
And the, and the shepherd king comes alongside and he says, yet you're so lovely. And he says, let me tell you how I see you. Can you see how important it is to know right at the beginning of, of who our daddy is that we allow him to speak and say, I see you. Let me show you how I see you. And he says to the woman, you are so thrilling to me. You're so thrilling to me. And he takes her on a journey. And it breaks my heart every time we get to this bit in the song, but she, she gets to a point and she sees the love of, of her shepherd king. And she goes, ah, this is amazing. Yet it also looks really costly. And she goes, I'm afraid. I just want to hide a little bit. Would you go away? And the shepherd king, because of who he is and because he's designed everything to be about our choice, he, he goes off into the mountains. And she's left there with the reality in chapter three. And, he, and she's like, what have I just done? I was awakened to his love. And yet I put a block there. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. For whatever reason, it might have been through disappointment. It might be just that it looked too costly what was being asked. It might be that she just was like, my heart's going to explode. <laughs> she was like, no. Nah. And then she begins to regret that decision massively. And so she, after having been pursued by his love, she begins to pursue him. And she goes, God, I, oh, she says, Shepherd King, I, I want you. I've got to have you. I've tasted it and I want it and I want all of it and I'm really sorry that I put that block in. And he takes her through that journey and he speaks over and over and over, this is how I see you. You absolutely thrill my heart. He says, you're, you're my bride, you're my equal. Words that just blow our minds if we get our heads around it. <laughs> that Jesus would look at us today and go, you're my bride, you're my chosen one, and you're my equal. <sighs> and eventually you get to the end of, of Song of Songs and she is so captivated by his love and she is so, <sighs> so experienced it that she goes, I've gotta let everyone else know. I've gotta let everyone else know about this love. I am alive so that they would know his love. And she goes, this is how he sees me. I am the one who brings him bliss, finding favor in his eyes. You know, we get to a point where, where we just are so saturated in the Father's love. <laughs> and we recognize that we, just being who we are, we bring him bliss. And not only that, he goes, and I get to pour out my favor on you because I'm so thrilled with you. It's an incredible story and one that I would, would suggest that we're all on. Somewhere you can find your heartbeat in that song. And I don't mind whether you're there this morning going, God, awaken me to love. Awaken me again. Let, me, let, let him kiss me. Or whether you're going, ah, God, I recognize I've shut down and I've asked you to back off and I've settled with comfortable and I've, 
I've settled with knowing that I'm going to heaven, that I am loved, but I haven't allowed your love to overwhelm me. And you need to go on a pursuit again. You need to, to, to chase him into the mountains <laughs> to discover what he says. And I don't mind whether you know all of that and you are completely overwhelmed by his love because then you're living a life that's going and it's all for them. It's all so that the world would know this love. I can't keep it to myself anymore. My son rang me up the other day and he, my, my son, if you don't know, is in America and he um, was doing some, f- some filming work as part of what he's doing over there. He's, he loves to make films and, and he's been allowed to do that. And, uh, and he's working in a little team of people. And as he, as he went out and he filmed all of this shoot, it's a testimony of somebody that was healed, I think, and he, he pieced it all together and he edited it all out and he showed it to someone he was working with. And that person was like, yeah, this, this, this guy is like 10 years older than him and, and a much more experienced filmmaker. And he, and he looks at Dan's work and he says, yeah, just, let's just change that bit to be there and let's put this title on. And Dan's like, brilliant, yeah, excellent. And then this guy takes Dan's film and he goes to everybody else in that room and he goes, this is what I made. Do you want to see my film? Let me show you what I've just done. And my son is going, what? What just happened? And somebody, one of his leaders came up to him and sat next to him and just said, Dan, I see you. And when he was telling me this story, there was a part of my heart that just knew that the Father had released his message through that woman right there. You see, it's all very well to know that the Father sees us when we're on the mountaintop and when everything's going well, but do we know that the Father sees us when we're sitting in a whole pile of injustice? And he looks and he goes, do you know what? I just saw how you positioned your heart. I just saw that you didn't react to that situation. I just saw that you didn't stand up and bang your fist and go, that's not fair and go in to be a victim. I just saw you in that moment. And guess what? My reward is eternal. My reward is what you're gonna step into because I'm a good, good father. And, and my boy's still in that situation. He sits in a place where, he, where stuff is happening to him that just feels really unfair. And I want to suggest that when Paul wrote this book of Ephesians, he was sitting in a prison. I'm not actually suggesting it, I'm telling you. He was sitting in a prison cell. He was in darkness. They reckon that the sewage used to flow through the prisons, and that's how it worked there. So he's literally surrounded by sewage, other people's sewage. And he wrote a letter to the Church of Ephesians that said, let me tell you who my daddy is. Let me tell you 
that he sees you right now? Do you think that he was able to release that, those words, that, that truth, if he didn't know that in that moment, in that moment of injustice, if he hadn't experienced that no matter where he was and what was going on and the circumstances around him, that right there, God was lavishing his love upon him. He was saying, Paul, I see you. I see the choices you're making. I've chosen you. I've ordained you. And Paul's going, guess what, church? God sees us and he's chosen us. The first three books of, uh, three chapters of Ephesians is Paul going, can I tell you who he is? Can I tell you how much he loves you? Can I tell you you're God's masterpiece? Can I tell you that my love is limitless? Can I tell you that I'm falling to my knees and I'm praying that you get it? And then you get to chapter four and he goes, therefore, once you got it, let me show you how to live your life. And he goes, this is how the church should function. This is what our relationships should look like. This is how our marriages get to look. This is how we relate to masters and slaves. He says, because you understand that it's from this place of love, you get to model something of oneness with him and oneness with one another that gets to demonstrate to the world who he is, that he's a covenant-making God that he's a God who would lay down his life, that he would shed his own blood to cut that covenant with you. And he invites you into covenant relationships with one another. We are after Easter. I feel like I'm getting a bit passionate. (laughs) We are after Easter. We are going to look at, at what does it mean to be his disciple? What does it mean to be to allow others in the church to disciple us. And I'm telling you now, (laughs) we're gonna struggle with that message if it doesn't come from knowing this, from knowing his love, from being overwhelmed by his love, not just for him, but for one another. (laughs) I'm so looking forward to it because it's going to be challenging, but I'm believing that I'm going to bang on this message until we get it, because <laughs> there's no point moving on until we actually go, God, awaken me. Do what you need to do in my heart, God. The, I think I've said this to you before, but if you look at the letter, uh, uh, if you look at Re- Revelation and what um, God says to the church of Ephesus, he says, do you know what? I see, I see the good works that you're doing. I'm really, it's, it's almost like this. I'm really proud of, of all of these different things that you're doing. I see the choices that you're making. And he goes, but I want to take you back to that first love. I want to take you back to that thing that actually drives everything else. That love that you encountered of the Father you see, see, the good works and everything that we're, we're planning to do to hit the community, it means nothing. Hit them well. You got that, didn't you? It means nothing if we don't go, do you know what? I'm overwhelmed with his love and I want to actually allow that love to pour out of me and the good works come from that place. The cry to, to the Ephesus, 
the, yeah, the church of, of Ephesus was. Come back. Come back to that first love. Let everything you do be driven from that place. I cried out the other day to God when I was, when I was talking to him about um, what's the difference between unity and oneness. Because I see that, that there's a cry at the moment around the world for churches to be in unity with one another. I love the fact that Andrew's here today from Whitley Bay Baptist. There's something of the way that we partner together and do things that actually, I don't, I don't think he said, but, but these people coming for lunch on Sunday, they don't have lunch anywhere else. These are people that need food on a Sunday. <laughs> and at the moment, it's just once a month. And actually, he's looking for people to partner with him to go, yeah, let's make it twice a month. These guys need food. They need somewhere to to be and to hang out and to experience love. I can't remember what I was saying. (laughs) I cried out and asked him, unity and oneness. I want to be in unity. I want to do the stuff with them. But you know what? I was saying, "What, what is it about oneness that's different? And God said to me, Nick, You can't have oneness without being wholehearted. And I was like, really? And uh, and I thought about it, and I was I was realizing that that actually he's looking for that that wholehearted devotion that we bring him. That that he laid down his life, he gave his whole heart for us, and he's looking for us to go, yeah, God, you can have it all. And that's what brings the oneness. And then he's looking for us to go, and what does it look like for us to be wholehearted with one another? I am, I'm so creative. So here is God's heart, yeah, and my heart. And God wants me wrapped up in his heart. And this is what I do in worship sometimes. Or the te- there's, a, there's a tendency to do it. Yeah, God, you can have my whole heart. You can have all of it, apart from this bit I'm really embarrassed about. That was a bit that I'm still living in regret and shame. Ugh, I don't, just, I'll just leave that bit there. And actually this bit here, I, I'm a little bit afraid of what you might do if you, if, if you see that or if I fully let you in and be the Lord of all of me. What about this? I, I like being in control of this, God. I'll just, I'll just leave that there. But you got, God, you can have my whole heart. And God goes, okay. I know theologically that's probably not correct, but for me, there's a choice in the way that I relate to people. If I'm serious about being one with people. You see, we, we do get to a point where we go, God, I'm aware there's a wall. Here you go. You can have this bit. I recognize that I need to repent of that and I bring it to you. And he woos us and he kicks those walls down and he reminds us and he's like, bring me your whole heart. And so you bring it and you are made one and you are wrapped in his love. And then he goes, now you have a choice as to how you relate to someone else. Do you wanna, do you wanna be wholehearted with them? You can be in unison with them. You can do the stuff that they're doing. But oneness requires something of our whole hearts. And it requires us to go, you can, 
Jackie, you can see all of me. The, the bits that, that I'm embarrassed about, the bits that I don't do well, you get to see that because I want to be wholehearted with you. There's always a challenge, isn't there? Whenever, whenever we grasp something of his love, there's that challenge for us of what does it look like now as a result of me experiencing oneness with Christ? What does it look like for me to choose oneness with one another, to lay down the differences and go, yeah, I'm gonna bring myself fully into this relationship. It's a massive challenge, I love it. We've, we, we've totally run out of time. Um, so let me finish by saying, you know, we, we're an apostolic church. We wanna, we wanna be a people that, that recognize that because of the Father's love, we, we get to be mums and dads to sons and daughters. There's a response there as we, as we experience his love, we begin to learn how to love one another the way that he loves people. But there's something of, of being seen and being championed that we also wanna do. We wanna know you in order to be able to know, do you know what? For the six days of the week that we don't see you, we wanna see. We want to partner with your dreams. We want to partner with the passion that's inside of you. So I'm just going to tell you there'll be more information that comes out with this, but starting next month on the third Sunday of, of every month, we're going to begin what's called um, apostolic lunches. I know it's a catchy title. It's deliberate <laughs> because this isn't just a, a social gathering of, you know, like our family meals that we have every month. This is a very deliberate, intentional thing that goes, if we're going to be apostolic, apostolic means sent ones. If we're going to be sending you out into the world, we want to know you. We want to see you. We want to see what makes you come alive. We want to partner with your passions. We want to partner with those dreams that you've got to change the kingdom. How are you doing that? And we want to commission you for the rest of the, the, those six days of a week when we don't see you. We want you to know you're not alone when you go and leave this church because actually you're seen and you're known and you have moms and dads that are praying for you and cheering you on. So once a month from now on, we're going to... Um, Invite, and it's again, it's very deliberate, we're going to invite 12 people to come and spend time with some of the mums and dads, with the leaders, with Alan and Jackie, so that you be, can feel known. You know, originally when we set this up, it was like for the new people that joined our church, and then I was like, no, it's not. It's for anybody that wants to know that they're known by the mums and dads, that they're sent, that they're championed, that they're cheered on. So the way that's going to work is that you, there is a new email address. You ready for this? <laughs> Apostoliclunches at thebaychurch.co.uk. If you would like to have that intentional time with, the, with some of the leaders to be known and seen, then you send us an email and we will, we will look and, and put you in a slot over the next few months Everybody is welcome to come. We want you all to know that you're sent, that we see you, that you're known, that we're championing you. Yeah? Does it sound good? Yeah. 
I'm going to finish. And uh, I just want to invite you to... What do I want to invite you to do? I want to invite you to respond to something that you've heard today. And there's, there's a lot of different challenges, but I want you to see your Heavenly Father standing in front of you. And I want you to respond to him in the way that you need. It could be with, Daddy, smother me with kisses. <laughs> Awaken me to love God. It could be a repentance of, I've settled. I've settled with knowing your love, but I want to experience it, Daddy. I want to experience it and be overwhelmed by it. I'm not happy and content anymore to just know about it. It could be that you, (laughs) that your heart is burning for others to know his love for them to know that they're seen, for our kids to know that they're seen, that we love in such a way that we are a vivid example of who our daddy God is, that everywhere we go we become a love encounter to the people that we meet, that they get to encounter Jesus' love through us. So just in whatever way you need to do, I want to invite you to make a choice I want you to be like the Shulamite woman that goes, do you know what, I really don't care about what anyone else thinks right now. I've got to know, I've got to know where he is, I've got to find him, I've got to go after this with my whole heart. I want to be one with Jesus, I don't want to hide anything any longer. I want to be one with you, God, and I want to be one with people around me. So God, would you encounter us afresh with your love? For your glory, Lord, would you come? Holy Spirit, we invite you to begin to minister to us with fresh touches, with an overwhelming sense of your presence that leads us in that beautiful song. In my Bible, that song finishes and it says, we have become as one. Jesus, thank you that you're excited right now in your bride. And for such a time as this, we get to go and pour out your love to people that don't know you. So we give ourselves, God, afresh to you. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do in me, God. Just don't keep me the way that I am because I've got to have it all, Lord. I want you to have it all and I've got to have it all so that they would have it all, God. Come Holy Spirit.